Hello, this is Mike Ghetto and Steve Carpenter from Yakima Chief Hops. Welcome to the 31st episode of our podcast, Beer, Baseball, and Binds. Today we are being joined by Bob Coons from Highland Brewing in Highland Park Brewery in Los Angeles, California. And uh, Bob, our condolences first and foremost uh, for the season, but uh, thank you and well done on the beers you sent us. <laughs> thank you, thank you. It's uh, Well, I got to say, first off, it is condolences, but I have been a Seattle Mariners fan for most of my life, and they've Thanks. never made the World Series. So <laughs> to be in L.A. and to like make the past two World Series is unreal to just be there and experience it. So Come on, Bob. It's only been 40 years. Be patient for crying out <laughs> <laughs> uh, Yeah, I, I'm happy for the Dodgers. I, I've told people that I – uh, I've been around longer than the Seattle Mariners have been around up here, and they're my team that I follow. I go down to spring training and, and, and watch every year. And and uh, But growing up, the Seattle Mariners didn't exist, so I kind of picked the closest team geographically and and became a Giants fan. So it's uh, <laughs> it's a little tough for me to root for the Dodgers, but uh, – Still, it's uh, World Series is one of my favorite times of the year. Absolutely. I mean, they, they, they play good baseball. Uh, this this year, I have to say, the two best teams, I think, made the they World made Series yeah. uh, from, from both leagues. Uh, and uh, it was uh, an entertaining series. I just wish it would have lasted another uh, three games just uh, so I, I don't have to deal with this uh, not being able to watch live baseball. <laughs> Yeah, it is. Uh, go ahead. Go ahead. No, go ahead, Bob. Sorry. Oh uh, no, I was gonna say it is. Uh, it it's been unreal. Uh, the Boston Red Sox just they just rolled through these playoffs like none other. It wasn't even a competition. No, the the one game that uh, the Dodgers won that that eighteen inning uh, affair was was a phenomenal game. Uh, it was it was interesting. I uh, I was coming back from a trade show in China during that uh, that long game and uh, so I left Shanghai and, and the score was tied and it was in the ninth or tenth inning and uh, I had to I had a connection in Seoul so I got into, into Seoul after an hour and a half got to the uh, to, to a TV monitor in the lounge and uh, the teams were still playing <laughs> and uh, so it's, it's, it's one of the few games I got to watch all that week was uh, that long game and watch the uh, the outcome when uh, when Muncie hit that home run finally in the 18th inning it was a that was a great game. Uh, if you like baseball and you love this time of the year, that was that was simply fantastic. Yeah, I, I couldn't agree more. It was uh, sadly we were canning that day, so I was up bright and early to uh, can the beer that you guys are have there uh, up in Yakima right now, and uh, so I burned out at about 12:30. I couldn't stay awake. <laughs> <laughs> And I fell asleep to miss it to then wake up and be like, oh, my gosh. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, I'm glad you stayed and canned the beer. We're, we're uh, I'm not sure what you've got over there. I've Mike. got the Pilsner. I've got the Franbo Pilsner. Yeah. You've got the Cloud Party. Huh? The Cloud Party. It. This is uh, a, the Cloud Party is, is my kind of beer. Uh, I, you know, I can take or leave the hazy, but anything that's got lots of hops in it um, and uh, – I, I'm gonna I'm gonna do this again. I've I've been fooled the last couple times. I'm guessing there's some citra hops in that beer. Absolutely. 
Yeah, that's the uh, one of the dominant hops in that beer. Okay. Citra. What else do you have in it, uh, Bob? Uh, it's primarily Citra and Galaxy, actually. Galaxy. Galaxy. That's why that's we didn't. <laughs> I knew there was something else. I was almost going to go with Amarillo, but I said, nah, that's not Amarillo. Galaxy. Okay. That's, uh, it's, uh, it's a great beer. Cloud Party, and uh, we were just commenting, you got these fresh off the line. These are uh, just uh, canned a couple of days ago, Bob. So thank you very much for sending these up. And I've got the uh, the Franbo Pills. Uh, so a hoppy pilsner and uh who's frambo uh, just out of curiosity that you've got her uh sort of uh, 18th century uh portrait on the can uh frambo is actually uh franny lopez who is the director of the los angeles brewers guild ah, she's okay. also a member of there's a website called the full pint mm-hmm. um sure and she's kind of a part of that organization as well so this was a collaboration beer that we did with the full pint. They're good friends of ours. And uh, they love a beer that we make called Timbo Pills, which is kind of in the same vein. Um, but we wanted to make it in kind of honor of Franny, Franny full pint. So uh, it's Frambo Pills. Very nice. Both beers terrific. Uh, Bob, you're the uh, the head, the owner and the head brewer there. How did, how did you get started brewing? Tell us a little bit about Highland, uh, Highland Park Brewing. Yeah, actually, I mean, it's been a long journey. I'm uh, 38 years old right now. I started uh, home brewing in 2001. Essentially, as soon as I turned 21, I was going to uh, school in West, at Western Washington University up in Bellingham, Washington. Mm-hmm. Um, and I mean, it, it, it's funny how what beer can do. But it was, I, I think I homebrewed one batch, and it was immediately sort of, all right, this is what I'm doing in life. Cool. <laughs> and uh, you know, I was on a for better or worse, I was on a path to maybe be like a high school English teacher, and it derailed me completely. And it was pretty much just been a lifetime of pursuing beer since then. Uh, I, my wife and I moved to Los Angeles in 2006. And when we moved here, uh, I kind of just made a, a commitment that like, all right, beer is what I'm doing. I'm going to be, you know, working at breweries and pursuing my opening my own brewery. Uh, interesting time in Los Angeles for beer in 2006 it pretty much was a wasteland. Um, when I came to town, I, you know, reached out to the five breweries that existed at the time in LA. Uh, and only one of them called me back, which was Craftsman Brewing Company in Pasadena. Um, and essentially I had a phone interview and got a job, uh, from that phone interview and worked at Craftsman for a couple of years. Uh, and then from there kind of was like, well, I, you know, needed more upward trajectory of either more income or gain better experience. that's going to propel me to open an op- my own brewery. Um, and it ended up being more, uh, experience. So I started working for a company called father's office, which is kind of the, like one of the grandfathers of craft beer mm-hmm. in the Los Angeles area. They've been around, they've been, uh, passionate about craft beer since the eighties. Mm-hmm. Um, so took a job with them and actually worked as general manager over those companies till about 2003 or 2013. Uh, and then in 2013, uh, my wife and I live in the neighborhood of Highland park, which is in Northeast LA mm-hmm. and just kind of got more serious about opening our own brewery. Um, we befriended, uh, the owners of a local bar in our neighborhood called the Hermosillo. And they essentially 
said, we have 500 square feet of space. Do you want to open up a brewery here? And at the time, I'd just been kind of pawing at it for so long. It was like, I think I can make 500 square feet work. So uh, we went to work, um, essentially having this very small space. It took us about a year to build it out. We did all the build out ourselves, essentially. Fit a little seven barrel brew house. Well, I say brew house, but that original brewery, which we still fully run and operate, um, just has a brew kettle as its only permanent fixture. And then the mash tun is a plastic macro bin, which mm-hmm. are what like a lot of uh, wineries ferment uh, their wine in. Mm-hmm. Um, and that actually sits outside in the parking lot. <laughs> so we have this very sort of like rustic shoestring uh, operation for our first brewery. Mm-hmm. Um, and we operated out of that for about two years before we started pursuing, uh, you know, kind of doing a bigger uh, production with our own tasting room and kitchen and all of that. So we have now opened our second brewery this year in Chinatown, which is closer to downtown Los Angeles, mm-hmm. uh, in a 9,000 square foot facility. Um, and we have a little bit bigger of an operation. It's only a 15 barrel brew house. Uh, but you know, our goal has always been to sell beer direct to consumer. We make a lot of hoppy beer, and it matters that that hoppy beer stays fresh. So for me, that's meant that that kind of is at the at the epitome of what we want to do: is sell beer direct to consumer to keep it as fresh as possible. Um, yeah. So, Bob, when yeah. you when you were in uh, Bellingham, uh, going to school, was Boundary Bay was up and going at the time, weren't they? Yeah, actually, that was my first Fourier. I got a uh, internship the summer of 2004. Okay. Uh, so I worked there all summer doing cleaning kegs, scrubbing walls, cleaning floors. Um, and yeah, that was uh, a killer experience. At that point in time, I was only making, you know, extract brew on my stove, and <laughs> the guys at Boundary Bay, you know, helped me build a mash tun and. You know, oh, cool. put all the equipment together to start doing all grain brew in my backyard, and you know, kind of launched me further on my path. But yeah, that, that's good to Boundary hear. Bay. I know Ed. Ed's good people. Uh, he's uh, been to our Hop and Brew School several times, and uh, uh, always love catching up with him and uh, finding out what's going on. Are, are you from yeah. uh, Are you from Washington, Bob, originally, or how did you end up in Bellingham? Very originally from Montana, mm-hmm. but my family moved out to uh, Edmonds, Washington mm-hmm. in 1980, uh, 1987. I was seven years old. So lived north of Seattle for pretty much my whole growing up. Um, and then in around 2001 is when I moved up to Bellingham, Washington from Edmonds area. Uh, so yeah, pretty much a Washington, Washingtonian for most of my life. <laughs> Did you ever get over to the east side and visit us uh, in the Yakima area or ever see our hop fields? Uh, we, I actually have been to Yakima many times, but I had never experienced the full, like, harvest. And then this past harvest, uh, we came up for a week, um, about a month ago now, I guess. And it was honestly one of the most monumental things I've done in uh, beer. Uh, it, you know, I think that 
I'm on this pursuit to get closer to our raw ingredients. And, it, you know, if, if I, anybody listening out there, if you haven't been to a hop harvest and experienced it firsthand, you know, it, it, it's like nothing else. I mean, we are, breweries are often manufactured, you know, factories that manufacture something and we're so removed from our raw ingredients and you know it's like i it's so important for me to get closer to you know the actual ingredients that we're using every single day so when we came up it, it was unreal we actually got a chance to go out uh to peralt farms and spend like four hours with jason peralt yeah. uh, walking around his experimental you know fields and you know it was fantastic so no. you, you it, uh, Bob, you have Disneyland down there. We have the Hop <laughs> Disneyland up here. That's also known Peralt Farms. Uh, glad you came up. I'll have to put that on my notes of things to do to get out to a hop farm one of these days. <laughs> well, Jason's a little bit like, you know, if you're in hops, it's a little bit like going to visit Yoda. You know, uh, if, you, if, you're, uh, if you're a Jedi, it's you're going to visit the Master. And, uh, no, that's great you got out here. It's, it's a special time for us too, Bob. Uh, Having having you and all of the brewers come up and uh, and spending time with us, uh, it was a glorious harvest time too, with uh, the weather almost perfect this year and uh, having people in and out. And like you say, the the first time you come up was pretty special, and people come out, you know, as many years as they can after that, because as you said, getting that uh, connection directly with the growers is uh, and and seeing the hops that you're putting into your beer is is very very special. Yeah, I mean, it, we use so much hops, and to not be doing hop selection, it, it seems like a massive detriment to my company. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it shapes our year of brewing, and so it's. I I hope I never miss one from here on out. <laughs> well, we hope you don't either, and uh, look forward to seeing you next year. But I have to tell you, Bob, one of the things uh, about brewers visiting a farm it's just as important to the hop growers to have you guys come and visit and and uh, on the occasion you can bring some of your beer. Uh, that really drives home the point of how important it is to our growers to uh, grow uh, top-notch hops and give you guys the tools you need to make uh, great beer. Yeah, it's, it's, it's kind of crazy how much of a disconnect there can be and that, you know, and how important I'm seeing that connection of, you know, it, we're in such a hop, like, crazed world. <laughs> and to not have the dialogue between hop farmers and brewers to sort of come to the best place to get the, you know, highest quality hops and to know how they're being utilized in the beer. Mm -hmm. Like, we just recently started, you know, sending our fresh beer you know, to some of the growers, and it's like, now it's on my radar, I'm going to do this constantly, because it is that dialogue that needs to happen to yeah. get the best product. Good to know. It really is. So, you, so you're uh, in Highland Park, then uh, you're, or not Highland Park, but your, your new facility is uh, very close to Chavez Ravine, right? Oh my gosh, I, I honestly am looking at our tasting room right now, and you just see, you, you see the hill that leads up to the stadium. We, uh, I probably went to 15 or 20 games. We just walk up the hill. It's about a 20 minute walk from our brewery to get up to the game. So it's like, a, it's like a two, two beer walk basically. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, too bad they're not getting ready for game six. That would have been a special uh, yeah. special evening for us here. But uh, speaking of baseball, are you guys going to be able to uh, keep Clayton Kershaw or Manny Machado? Well, do you want to keep Manny Machado, too, <laughs> is a question. I, I think I know the answer to that. But <laughs> K- Kershaw's got to be a priority, doesn't it, to, to re-sign him? Uh, I... If we don't resign him, it's going to be a sad day for modern Dodger baseball. Sure. Um, I think Manny Machado. I want to say no comment, but <laughs> I, I don't. It, it, you know, character goes a long way. <laughs> yeah. And it, he didn't show a whole lot of character in his short short stint <laughs> yeah. as a Dodger. So. It's we'll gonna. Be, it'll we'll be see. interesting to see who does want to sign him because he. You're right. He was on the biggest, the world's biggest uh, stage for baseball and did not do himself a lot of favors with his uh, his character and uh, not running out that particular uh, single and after he after he hit it off the wall and so on. Uh, how much do you want to spend on a guy like that? Yeah. Yeah, I I I, I have a feeling the Dodgers will not resign him. I mean, I think. Corey Seager is pretty, uh, pretty well loved mm-hmm. in Los Angeles. So, you know, hopefully he'll be back next year as our shortstop. And well, if that happens, we'll gladly take Chris Taylor back for the Mariners. <laughs> <laughs> I know that's a that was a sh- a shame of a uh, of a deal there, but yeah, sometimes that happens. Yeah, that's all right. Sometimes people just need to. <laughs> need a new venue to to blossom and i'm glad to see that he's uh really turned into a pretty decent major league baseball player yeah yeah what another interesting signing you guys i think we should start calling him the new mr october this david freese holy cow it just seems like every year he's in the there. world series yep. he's playing for somebody and yep. doing well yep um but it, uh, it's it's amazing to me because i really knew very little about him this year and it, Honestly, he he felt like our only clutch player <laughs> in in the like playoffs, or at least in the the World Series. Yeah. Well, Puig had a couple of big home runs, uh, you know, during his, his a couple of those games. He he had a couple three run bombers. Yeah, true story. True story. <laughs> he seems to enjoy watching them go out too. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's a fascinating dynamic of like Puig versus you know. Puig is a character in and of himself, but somehow has has found himself to be pretty beloved in Los Angeles. Mm-hmm. It's just I don't know. <laughs> he had some of that same, I guess, uh, air about him that you could feel with Machado when he first came to town. But slowly over time, he's kind of become a I don't know, well liked, well liked here. Well, he he certainly enjoys playing the game, and and you can see that and. You know, um, you, you wonder about Machado if he really enjoys the game as much as he should, with as much talent as he has. But my guess, Machado—they've already—they're already fitting him for pinstripes, is my guess. You uh, would, it seems like it. They yeah. watched him play for the Orioles so many years; they know what he can do. Yeah. And uh, and they got to catch up to the Red Sox. They do. They got to yep. catch up. So, but they need pitching yeah. badly too. You can, uh, I, w- I would I, imagine I, they're going to go hard after Kershaw, too. Though. I was going to say, I know where that comment's leading to. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. 
But you're also yeah. right next to uh, to Chinatown, so you've got a uh, you've got a brew pub. Do you have food that uh, reflects also the uh, the neighborhood, the Chinatown neighborhood? Uh, it does a little bit. I think it maybe reflects Los Angeles more than anything. I mean, mm-hmm. We uh, we have a few different types of tacos on the menu, and those by far outsell anything else that we have. <laughs> mm-hmm. So it's uh, I think Los Angeles is the home of the taco. <laughs> yeah. Well, Yakima can rank there too. We yeah. can guarantee us. <laughs> yeah. But uh, now we have a pretty pretty diverse menu. We um, we we love fermentation, so we actually incorporate fermentation in a lot of the food that we make. So, like making our own butter, making our own mustard, our own hot sauces, our own pickles. Um, so that's a, a, a fun, other creative outlet for us. It doesn't just, you know, it's not just a sort of a side thing that we're doing, but it kind of keeps us uh, excited and enlivened and innovating. Uh, have you speaking of fermentation have you uh started doing any uh other types of alcohol whether it's gin or whiskeys or anything like that <laughs> uh i think i'm supposed to take a non- no comment on that <laughs> as well uh, i've done my fair share of home distilling um pretty much have fermented anything that you can possibly ferment at home <laughs> and have uh yeah i've done not so much these days because I'm end up working so much, but I have definitely taken a crack at a lot of distillation. Um, here in the brewery, one thing that we have been doing, which is is pretty fun, it's not distilling, but is we've been making our own vermouth, mm. um, which I took a my wife and I took a trip to Spain last year um, and spent a good amount of time in Barcelona. And in San Sebastian, and it's such a vermouth culture there that we kind of like brought that back with us, and it's been a fun, another fun outlet. Just you know, I think all I've got a affinity for all alcoholic beverages, so <laughs> wine, vermouth, spirits, beer, kind of all share equal part of my heart. <laughs> We're starting to see uh, an increase in demand in Spain, actually, for some of these uh, these hop-forward hops. Uh, you know, people think of uh, Spain and Italy in particular, France, all as, as you know, wine-drinking countries, and they are, of course, but uh, they're really foodie cultures, and, 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 and people are finding a, a love for craft beer there as well. Did you uh, find any great uh, breweries, or did you get a chance to tour any craft breweries where you were over there as well, or...? Uh, I didn't tour any, but we did visit, trying to think of which ones we visited. We visited a, and I can't remember if these were actual uh, breweries or not, but Napper Beer, we went, they had a brewery, and we visited them. Uh, Both Brewdog and Mickler have outposts there. Mm -hmm. We visited those breweries, or those tasting rooms. I Mm -hmm. can't recall if they actually have breweries or not. Mm Um. It, it actually felt a little bit like Los Angeles, uh, you know, over these past 10 years. You mm-hmm. could tell there's a lot of excitement, a lot of innovation. You know, there was, you know, I'd go to a bar and they would have five hazy IPAs. And, you know, so they're definitely progressive in their, like, hop usage mm-hmm. and, and that sort of thing. Um, but it still felt kind of like a, a nascent market. Mm-hmm. Like they're kind of just getting their feet wet and you know they're 
the like vermouth cocktail wine culture is definitely the dominant felt like the dominant like thing that's in your face but mm -hmm. craft beer is very evident and kind of a growing uh scene actually we just brewed with a brewery down in san diego called north park brewing mm -hmm. and their head brewer just took a job at napper beer in barcelona oh, cool <laughs> so there's uh, obviously the breweries there are trying to progress and hiring away southern california talent as southern california has such a, a long great history of making hoppy beer well, it's, fine. It's, it's great to see L.A. finally catching up with San Diego. I know our uh, regional salesperson who knows you, Kelly Lomer, is uh, just talking about all the great stuff going on with your brewery as well as other, other crafters in, uh, in Los Angeles. And nice to see that catching up with, uh, with what's going on further uh, south down the coast in San Diego. I mean, it, it, it sometimes blows my mind the opportunity that we have in beer in L.A. and that there isn't. There's no regional breweries. I mean, Golden Road, I think, is making maybe 80,000 barrels a year, but they're, you know, obviously owned by InBev. Mm -hmm. And after them, I don't even think there's anybody making 10,000 barrels of beer in Los Angeles. Mm -hmm. So the, the market, you know, you're talking about a metropolis of 11, 12, 13 million people. Uh, it seems like there's so much opportunity here. Um, and sometimes I feel so beyond fortunate, you know, to have come to, you know, L.A. when I did, <laughs> because these past even four years have been this like massive movement where you're just seeing so much enthusiasm and growth that I'm sure like, you know, in the Pacific Northwest was happening 20 years ago. Same thing in San Diego, but we're just kind of experiencing it now. Bob, if you keep oh. making beer like Cloud Party, uh, you're going to be uh, shooting past the 10,000-barrel <laughs> mark pretty quickly. <laughs> yeah. no, uh, that's an beers, amazing yeah. beer. really is nice. Ah, thank you. And thank I'm really you. enjoying yeah, the Pilsner. No, it's uh, these are yeah. good beers, absolutely. Yeah. yeah, I mean, actually, I want to speak a little bit about the Pilsner. I mean, I think that we – I'm a pretty passionate, like, lager beer drinker. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I think in the, in the craft world – it, it can be challenging to get people to drink lagers. And we have really found like an awesome niche. And we first made a beer called Timbo Pills, which was uh, Citra and Mosaic dry hopped uh, Pilsner. And Frambo is kind of an extension of that same beer, Citra, Mosaic, and Amarillo. But uh, I, I think that, that, that Timbo Pills has our biggest cult following of the beers that we make, which is like such a awesome thing to be able to like straddle this world of having a drinkable beer but it still has a nice assertive hop character to it absolutely um, so it's been it's been cool for us to be able to make lager beer but still kind of satisfy our desire to make hoppy beer <laughs> no you, you did it well i mean i'm I, this is really a very very good pilsner so thank you very much for that and uh Th thank you very much for taking time to speak with us uh, today, Bob. Uh, we really do appreciate it. Uh, it's kind of a last-minute call and um, uh, for getting the beer up to us. But uh, really, thanks for making great beer, and best of luck uh, in Los Angeles with, uh, with Highland Park Brewery. And uh, wishing you all the best and uh, wishing a good year for the Dodgers next year. <laughs> well, it's been my absolute pleasure. I uh, love talking baseball, and I love, you know, my hops that we get from YCA or Yakima Chiefs. So, 
So, exactly. Bob, whether, you're, whether you're brewing beer or watching baseball, we wish you nothing but great hops. Ah, cheers. Cheers. All right. Cheers. Thanks. Take care. All right. Take care, guys.